Welcome to Emotional Savvy. In this episode, we're going to talk about something kind of key to every single human being. Have you ever had the feeling that everybody has to like you? That maybe if you just got it right, everybody would like you? And then that would be the most amazingly perfect thing you could have ever done in your life? Well, it's not true. And we're going to talk with today's guest, Tanya Hoffman. She is the founder, creator, CEO of Public Speakers Association. And we're going to find out why is that not true? How is that not true? And how can you change your thinking? So stay tuned. Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. So welcome to today's episode of Emotional Savvy. I'm here with my guest and my friend and my colleague, Tanya Hoffman. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Yes, so we are going to have a very upbeat discussion because that's the way Tanya is. Um, But we're going to be talking about several things. And as I said in the introduction, Tanya is the creator, the CEO, the founder, the brains behind the Public Speakers Association. And if that intrigues you, go to publicspeakersassociation.com. And I was just about to put an org on there, but it's .com. So (laughs) um, it's a great organization. I've been to Tanya's conference. She's doing all kinds of wonderful things. So if you're aspiring to be a speaker, you are a speaker, you want to engage with other speakers or improve your craft, go on over to publicspeakersassociation.com. But let me tell you a little bit about Tanya, because she's done so many interesting things. And aside from being the CEO, she is a sought-after speaker herself, and quite the cover girl she is. Five different magazines she's been the cover girl on, the best-selling author of seven books, and she's won all kinds of awards. And she's the host of Tanya Hoffman's WOW TV show, and she has a brand new that you're going to be interested in hearing about toward the end of our time together. So this is exciting, and I want to jump in because people are already going to be intrigued about this Public Speakers Association. What was it that made you think that you could create a worldwide organization? Was that just a, oh, I think I can, or was that, who, who do I think I can, I am, or what happened? <laughs> well, it's very simple, is I have this button, and if you push it, I react, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to do something about that. <laughs> and uh, so I had that, you know, kind of reality check when I'm going to be a speaker, and I started running around the world speaking, I'm like, I should hang around more speakers. And I went to join a speaking organization and they were such divas and such elitist that the lady literally looked at me and she's like, you can't join Tanya. You're not a professional speaker. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I'm running around the world speaking and I make more money than you do. So what makes me not a professional speaker? And I was like, well, if they're treating me that way, how are they treating all my incredible friends, all the people that I know that want to go out there and really change somebody's life 
why should they not be able to? So I decided to just go and do it myself. <laughs> now that's what you call proactive. I'm going to take away the word reactive. and I'm going to say it's proactive, right? Yeah. You know, first of all, you responded to, what do you mean? I can't belong to your club because that's something we're definitely going to talk about today. But when somebody kind of suggests you're not good enough to belong to their club, we have a visceral response, don't we? Just as human beings. Like, what do you mean? I can't, I can't be on the volleyball team. What do you mean? You know, I can't, I can't do these things. Even when we're kids, we have these questions. So this, this proactive response that you had to say, you know, I don't want to, you know, sort of a little like Groucho Marx. I don't want to belong to a club that would have me, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I, I'd rather belong to a club that wants me is what I heard you saying. So let me create yeah. that organization. Yeah, because I didn't find something that was really about diversity and, and inclusion and and really just nice people. You know, you know, why is it so hard to be nice and and be supportive and open your arms to everyone? To me, it's just a natural well, doesn't that sound good, everybody? When you want to belong to something that opens its arms to everyone and is encouraging because I know that you're very encouraging and you support people and you encourage them and you motivate them and you inspire them to give their gifts to the world. And so what made you into the kind of person, do you think, that would step up and have that response? Well, I think you've been told so many I've been told so many times that you know I didn't fit and I was like exhausted by not fitting into the click and yet when I started looking around I realized the people that were gravitating me to me naturally were the people who didn't click and didn't fit into those groups and and it's very interesting. We're talking about that today, right? Is, you know, wanting everyone to love you and like you and feel like you're included, but realizing that there is a distance between you, even though now all the people that were acting that way, now are coming and wanting to talk to me, right? Now that they see me get to a level that they're like, well, I guess I should have hung around Tanya or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that's true. And, and, Tell me what you think about this. I think people who who come with that sort of elitist, immediate thing are coming from a lot of fear. Oh, and yeah. they that kind of fear creates a kind of automatic competition resu- re- result, you know. It's the response that comes up like, oh, well, no, I'm we have we have standards we have this we have these hoops that you have to jump and of course you won't be good enough i mean i i belong to an organization that three times they called me once i joined three times they insinuated that i had falsified the number of people that i have and the uh, person who runs this organization three times said to me are you sure you have the numbers where you require Wow. Now, that was stunning to me. Now, I do belong to that organization, but it was it was just stunning to me that someone had prejudged, I think because of my work, 
you know, being being a person who works with those in relationships and crisis, that I couldn't possibly reach that many people because their their thinking was that that business people reach those kinds of people and and other people do. And so the question came up repeatedly. And there has always been that little bit of an edge to say, you know, okay, you've got those kind of numbers on your podcast. You've got that many people on your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's always like that. So I think fear plays a part. What do you think? Oh, I think it's huge. You know, when somebody, uh, I see this with speakers, right? They come in and, and they're like peacocking around and you just feel the oh, I hope that people don't see my fear of that I'm not good enough because we have all have this kind of imposter feeling sometimes of I got to pretend to be someone bigger than I am. And I just look at those people and I'm like, oh, poor things. They, they just haven't owned themselves yet. You know, they haven't fit into their body and, and accepted their own, you know, brilliance. Yes, and maybe they're afraid they don't have it, and maybe they don't have it. And then when they don't have it, usually the arrogance goes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're overcompensating. You know? <laughs> You're like, let it go, let it go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when we're little kids, and this is what we really want to talk about in depth today, and I'm so glad we're going to talk about it because it isn't spoken of often enough, in my opinion, um, is that we have this sort of feeling that if we were able to dance as fast as we can, everyone would like us because that's the way it's supposed to be. And you and I both know that that's a myth. It At, at best, it's a myth. And at worst, it's something that really can destroy lives. Yeah, there's this, because I know for me, it was really challenging, especially to get out of being an introvert and to... A, to accept that there's, it's okay that people, not everyone is going to be your peeps, you know, and it took me so long. It was so painful to walk through that with myself, but you've got to get over it, right? At some point you realize, so this is what happened to me is I was speaking and I would always try to change the person who had their arms crossed and you know sitting there like whatever i was like oh i've got to make that person see that i know what i'm talking about i gotta make that person like me i gotta i gotta make that person it was exhausting <laughs> and one day i came into an event and sure enough there was the guy who was and then this other lady we just like clicked and we we're just like she was just lovely and sure enough, I went right to him, trying to get him to like me. And then I saw her on the side, and I'm like, oh, look at her. She's smiling. She's writing everything I'm saying. Why am I focusing on the negative instead of the positive? And it just like this big light bulb went off. I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I naturally gravitate to the negative just from all the horrific things that have happened in my life and wanting to change that negativity to positivity instead of just owning the positivity itself. Well, that brings up a really important thing because, as you said, in your early life, things occurred that made you feel more safe when you were anticipating the negative. And I think that happens to so many people. Maybe we've had some neglect in our life. Maybe we've had some adverse childhood experiences. Maybe we couldn't live up to the expectations of some perfectionist parent or teacher or something. And so we get into a mindset 
that things are not going to be good and they're not going to go well. Like um, my housekeeper often says to me, I live, I live the law of Murphy. And I say to her, well, as long as you keep affirming that, I'm sure it's going to be true. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but that's the shift that we have the power to say, I think I'll look at things from a different perspective. And that moment that you're describing, like trying to convert the fellow with his arms crossed and go ahead, get me in your realm, and looking at the other woman who is saying, tell me more, tell me more, and saying, which do I choose and why? You know, a big moment. So what did you do with that realization? Oh, my gosh, it changed everything. You know, I started... I created rules for my organization and my company and my life. You know, one of them is you have to be nice. No mean grumpy and negative people are allowed. You know, let's just take that negativity and just say goodbye. There's a reason that there is a block and a delete button. Why are we not using it more? Right. <laughs> and then really owning who you gravitate to and who you feel good around, right? Why are you not lifting yourself by being around the people that make you feel good? You know, it was such a huge shift for me in so many ways when I made that realization and it, mm. it just skyrocketed everything from there. Well, one of the joys of that realization is that you no longer have to have that draining negative energy about well, what's this person about? It's like, oh, yeah. okay, you've got your issues for some reason. You're not happy today. Uh, bless your heart and let's move on. Right? It has nothing to do with me as the speaker. Whatever's going on within you, whatever life you have had, I'm here to provide my view, my inspiration, my motivation. And if it strikes you, it reaches you, it resonates with you, great. And if it doesn't, maybe another day or maybe never. But it's your choice as an audience member. So what do you tell people who are starting out and they have that fear that we were talking about earlier that they're not going to be good enough and someone is going to reject or neglect them? So I tell people just know when you're going in, I'm talking about not even just as a speaker, you're going into a networking group, you're going into you know a classroom, you're going wherever you're going. 25% of the people just assume aren't going to like you. But what's you've got to understand is that that 25% that doesn't like you, you don't like them either. So what does it matter? You know, so just own that there's 25% that's just like, yay, I don't have to like them. And then there's going to be 25% of the people that are your peeps. That is your community. Find them like fast because then you're going to feel like you're, you're supposed to be there. Like there's this group that's been waiting for you their whole life. So get through the people that don't like you, find the people who do. And then the other 50%, they haven't decided yet. And you've got to be okay to let them go through their own experiences and their own journey to decide which camp are they going to be on, right? Are they going to be your, Oh, good way. Bye-bye. Or your yay. I decided I want to be your friend but be okay. And those people may take, gosh, I had a guy just the other day. He's like, 
you know what, I'm, I'm ready to jump into your camp. And I'm like, wow, it's been eight years. <laughs> so everyone has their own journey. It's not always about your journey, right? <laughs> yeah, that that's a big realization for many people. It's not all about me.com, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're having a life over there. You know, maybe their dog died this morning and it's not your job to convert them to smiling. You know, yeah. the boss told them they have to show up for your presentation and they're sitting there, but they're very, very unhappy and they're resentful that they can't be where they want to be. And that has nothing to do with you as a speaker. You know, yeah. I spent years and years and years, as you know, uh, on the trail speaking and traveling and conferences and training and all of that. And I know exactly what you're, you're speaking of because some days somebody just doesn't like what you're wearing. And they're all lost and picking apart what you look like. And they're not even listening to a word that you're saying. And if you're attached to that, your head is not in the game. Yeah, a perfect example is I was at this event. And there's always a couple people that always stand out. And it's usually, and I'm not sure why, I've, I've never figured it out. But there's always usually a guy who's sitting over to the left of me with his arms crossed. And I just know that that's where they're going to be. So I always look for him like, oh, there he is. <laughs> so I went to this event, lovely, lovely people, get up on stage talking about, you know, why people should be a speaker and how they should be a speaker and all of that kind of stuff. And there he was, arms crossed, looking at me like, what are you doing on stage? I mean, you just saw the whole presence as I and stop focusing on him, focusing on everybody else, giving my value, telling people what they need. And I glanced back over to him and sure enough, his arm just had dropped. His facial expressions changed. He was writing something down. At the end of the presentation, the guy who was doing the event came up on stage and he's like, does anybody have any comments? And the guy raised his hand. Now, as a speaker, this is like a terrifying moment. Oh, <laughs> what's he going to say? <laughs> and sure enough, he stood up and he goes, you know, I was so upset that Tanya was speaking about how to be a speaker because she didn't represent anything to me what a speaker should look like, sound like, present like. But yet I realized she knew what she was doing and I'm going to be the first person to join the Public Speaker Association. And sure enough, he ran over to my table and signed up. Sometimes being, all the time, being yourself will convert the people who are supposed to be converted. Because if you're just being you, people will naturally want to know more of you. But if you're trying to pretend you're someone else, they will never know you and they will never convert because they never see the real information, the real you in you. Mm. And it's a really solid example, and it causes me to think about the internal level of competitiveness that people are measuring you and they're measuring themselves to you as a speaker, and it has very little to do with you. And there's a prime example. Like he had a paradigm of how a speaker looked and what a speaker did and all of that. And when you didn't fit the mold, he was like, oh, it's going to be a waste of a day. But he was wise enough to say, okay, I'll keep listening. And then he was mature enough to say, 
oh, maybe I'll sit up and learn something here. There seems to be something of value. And then he had the conversion experience of being able to give voice to it. I mean, that's really a powerful example of what can happen when we are authentic, when we are in our genuine sense of values and presenting from that, focused on what we can give them as opposed to why he has his arms folded. Yeah, because a lot of times, too, people are coming from different environments into your environment, right? And I always have to remember that. I've never worked in corporate. I can't imagine what they go through and the conditioning that they've been under their whole life. And so they come into my world, which is all about entrepreneurism forever, and it's a shift. It's a really big shift for people because I just that's the way I talk, you know, about realism and what it really takes. <laughs> and, and sometimes they absorb it and they're like, oh, I get it. And then other times people reject it and, and it's okay either way because it's not that my way is the only way and the right way. It's just my way. Right. And that's a powerful lesson for every one of us as a human, public speaker or not. I mean, no matter what we do in life is to be able to blossom ourselves, know ourselves really well, know our values, know our vision for our life, align it with our beliefs, and then move on to our purposes and next goals and everything. That's taking full advantage of taking breath and taking up space in this world <laughs> and not about measuring ourselves by one another or endeavoring to make a case for being superior to each other. So, you know, when we have this everyone has to like me issue, we have to look perhaps wise to look at what did I learn in my family? Was I told that I had to change my stripe for everybody? You know, I often use this example, Tanya, as many people behave in life as though they have to take all their friends clothes shopping with them. <laughs> <Love that. laughs> and they, they pick up some outfits and they go into the dressing room and they come out and there's all their friends and they say, well, what do you think? And they say, oh, I love it. And the next one says, oh, it's a little short. Then it was not really wild about the collar. Third one says, I hate it, right? Okay, now what do you do? Do you buy it? And when you're with this friend, you go, oh, I can relax because they love it. When I'm with this friend, well, you know, I try and shimmy down so it's a little longer. When I'm with that friend, I think, oh, I better put a collar, a, a jacket over it of a different color. When I'm with a fourth friend, I think I better go home and change. <laughs> and so if we're living from that, I want to be who you want to be and who you want me to be and you want me to be, we get into a place of total confusion and running as fast as we can. And we're not home. There's nobody here. It's me trying to live up to the expectations of others. And so that's part of this whole paradigm of everybody should like me. Yeah. And yeah. when, when that happens in our childhood, it's really smart to get some help to undo that. Absolutely. And also, you know, when you start looking at, you're trying to fit a model of what's in your head that you think you should be, right? So we often, when I first started 
networking, I thought I had to be Susan and talk the way Susan talked and, and did everything Susan did. And then I got exhausted being Susan and then, and then <laughs> people started actually gravitating to me, you know, same thing with speaking, you know, I thought, Oh, you know, I've got to have a speaker suit. And then I went to try one on. And I'm like, Oh, this is not me. <laughs> and took that off and went and, you know, put on something that I enjoy being on, you know? So I think people go through a lot of that. Hopefully you've gone through that. If you're listening is that moment of, I love me. And why am I representing anybody else but me? Because I am the perfect me that there is. And as long as you have been self-aware and self-reflective and you know what that is, you're in really great shape for moving forward and creating in life and giving your gifts in life. But sometimes we have people in our lives who are dedicated to keeping us wrong or small <laughs> or criticizing and all. How do you think is best to filter those folks out? Well, I know for me, I it was very challenging. I mean, because I did. I, I've been, I've gone through cancer. I was robbed and tied up at, when I was six months pregnant. And those are the happy times. So <laughs> I, I've gone through about everything you could go through. And knock on wood, there's no more. Um, even though we know it's all life, right? When you start going through those moments, you really have got to be honest with yourself. This person that I'm hanging around with, even though I may enjoy it, is it serving me the best it could serve me? Is this person fulfilling something for me? And, you know, I've had friends that they're just my crying friends, you know, because we know we could just go and call each other and cry when we need to. <laughs> I would never do that with someone else, you know. Um, so I think there is a moment of this person isn't serving me at all and it's actually hurting me and I need to say goodbye. So I've said goodbye to lots of friends, um, distance myself from, from some of the family uh, just so that I could grow and I could find the people that were there to truly serve me and to be not just a friend, but a true companion in this life of ours. Yeah. And let me just ask the devil's advocate question there, because you're not suggesting that people are here to serve us. You're, yeah. you're suggesting that we be in a reciprocal relationship of service, yes. that we're with our right tribe, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. It, you, cause it could be the other direction, right? You could be not serving somebody else. And to me, it's almost like a partnership. When I talk to somebody, for example, there was a gentleman who came to me the other day and he's like, Ooh, your members, I could create a whole chapter book and we could do this and that. All he wanted was to use my members as a new clients for him. He never offered how this was reciprocal for me, right? There was no real relationship he was wanting. It was just transactional. And to me, why go through life in a transactional mode? It's so much more fulfilling when you're in a relationship mode where you can build the true relationships that can carry you on. Well, I think you brought up a really important point, which is that distinction between transactions which is a negotiation and relationship, which is support and interest based. Because if someone just wants something from you, it's very transactional, and then they're keeping score. You know, I always say that uh, in 
and you know, I've written a lot of books, so I say a lot of things. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I always say that if you're in any relationship that doesn't have these three qualities, it's unhealthy. And that is equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And if you use that as a little watchword to say, am I in a relationship that has equality, reciprocity, and mutuality? If I am, then yay, this is going to be good for both of us. But if I, and yes, there's going to be some relationships where you are just the giving one. You're there at the right moment. You lift somebody up. They have nothing to give you. And you do that because it, it warms your heart and it is the right thing for you to do. And then there are other people who are just going to want to take, 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 take and never give to you. And that's the moment when you have to say, I notice that there is no equality, reciprocity, or mutuality. I think I will go elsewhere. And we have to learn to calibrate those things to find if with those three hallmarks of healthy relationships actually exist. Yeah, and you really got to own that it's up to you to make the decision on what to do about it, right? And when the timing is right, there's a, a big speaker that a lot of people like. And it is very transactional. He is a very transactional type of person and it is a scoreboard for him. And I don't play that way. And so I've opted not to play in his world. Well, there's a lot of people that are like, well, why aren't you playing with him? Why aren't you going to his conference? What's wrong? You know, and you have to really own why it is that you're, feeling this way right yeah yeah and i think you you bring up the point of integrity which Mm -hmm. is you know your values you know what's right for you doesn't make other people wrong it's just this is what's right for me this is what keeps me in alignment with who i want to be and what i value and that's what i do it from i'm not looking for other people's approval i'm looking for my own I'm happy with myself when i live by these values and maybe i have a few rules do you have any rules Oh, yeah. I've got two, and I have them on the homepage, and one of them is you have to be nice. No mean, grumpy, negative people. The other one is no perfect people, please. (laughs) 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 And I really have a silent third one that I don't um, have, like, posted, and that's no elitism. You know, I just, it's just not, uh, keep the divas and the devos away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I love that. I love that because... It, it makes people relax. You know, there's a lot of tension in being a diva. There's a lot of tension in um, being grumpy. There's a lot of tension in being judgmental and critical. And when you say to people, no, 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 don't come in here with that stuff, you know, it reminds me of that Gandhi quote. And he said, I, I don't let people walk through my mind with their dirty feet. I love it. And so, you know, watch who's walking through your mind. And if it's you who has your dirty feet walking through there, clean that up first. But I I like what you're saying because if you give permission for people to make a decision, if you want to play with us, these are our rules. And they're very positive. They're very welcoming. They're very... um, engaging and inclusive then great come play but if by chance you read this and you're offended now dodged a bullet bye-bye <laughs> yes and, and what's also really great is that 
it's like yesterday is a perfect example. I went to a networking group. I don't go to a lot of networking groups um, anymore, but this one, something was telling me I needed to go. So I signed up and showed up. And the lady there that was going to be the president for next year kind of just, you know, was not my peep probably 10 years ago. But I opened my heart up and said, you know, I'm not going to judge her today what she did 10 years ago. Good. And so we sat down, we talked, and I just offered to help her. There was a speaking opportunity in London. I told her about it. She was like, oh, my gosh, I would love that. Connected her with the lady. Now, I didn't have to do that. But now she's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what I've been going through for the last 10 years. And she's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea the things that she had gone through. And just by being the person I am and owning how I am in my own self and being generous, it, it, I may not ever see her again. It may never lead to something, but it felt good at the moment and it helped somebody. And that's wonderful. And that reminds me of that phrase. It, it doesn't diminish your light to light someone else's candle. Yeah, because a lot of times we're always looking at, you know, well, it's that checklist, right? Oh, if this person, if I do this for this person, they better do this for me. Instead of just saying, this is the totality of my personality and what I'm willing to do in this world. Am I here to serve and to be of service to lots of people? And then knowing the wave will come back to me right? Because you will find that you help some people and they never do anything for you. I mean, uh, some, you sometimes know. it's because they don't have anything to give back at the moment. And exactly. then they move forward with other people and maybe they'll pay it forward at some point. And they may pay it forward to somebody else. Right. So don't look at every wave comes back and splashes back onto you. It could be splashing onto someone else's shore. That's right. So we could talk for forever, but I know that people might want an opportunity to talk with you, and you do have a lovely offer for folks. So would you tell them what that is? I would love to. I love getting to know fabulous people. Now, you have to be nice, and you can't be perfect. So there's your two rules. <laughs> and I would love to have a chat with you to see how I can help. Um, a lot of times people have questions about the speaking world or how to get out there and speak more. If you're already a speaker, anything you have a question about how to make money as a speaker. Um, so if there's any questions you have, I am opening up my calendar to you. So you just simply go to the website, public speakers with an S association, all spelled out.com under the bottom part, a little pop up, little calendar pops up. You select, you, there's quite a few things you can select on there. <laughs> it all goes to my calendar and jump on my calendar. Let's have a chat. Let me see how I can help you. Love, love, love to do that. Yes, and that's a lovely offer. So if this is resonating with you, make sure that you take advantage of Tanya's offer to spend time with you. Just go to publicspeakersassociation.com, look for the little pop-up, say yes, and see the calendar. Thank you so much for being my guest, Tanya. It's been a wonderful conversation. I hope people understand that not everybody's going to like you, and that's okay. 
Yes, because I know everyone adores Roberta, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, that's a different talk for another time. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with me. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You're listening to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. If you want to contact my guest, Tanya Hoffman, go to publicspeakersassociation.com. If you'd like to talk with me about your toxic relationships with relentlessly difficult people, come on over to transformingrelationship.com or visit my YouTube channel for F-O-R Relationship Help, H-E-L-P. 300 plus videos over there to help you. So there's lots for you. Stay tuned, subscribe to this podcast, and let's talk again soon. Take good care. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.